I thought maybe we could start, if you let me ask, how do you prepare for a performance like this, a solo performance, what goes into it, you know? Usually I like to arrive one hour before and play for one hour for myself, uh -huh. but I didn't really do that today. And I have a, I have a bunch of tune, so I can choose to play or not to play them. And mm -hmm. Sort of like a, a solo book, a repertoire Exactly, or yeah. Okay, and you work but on But some it. of the tune I really need to practice before. Yeah, it would seem so. You were so, working pretty hard. <laughs> but uh, so some of the tune I didn't play is a really hard one because I need to... Work up. Work up. Ah, and, okay. And I was on tour with Mark before, so... Okay. I didn't have the solo repertoire under my finger. Ah, it sounded like you did, so... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you do, you, you kind of have this pool of pieces and then you decide on the spot what you do with them or do you kind of put a set together for each show depending on how you're feeling or what's prepared ahead of time? Usually I know which one I begin with, mm -hmm. that's about it. And then it kind of just goes, yeah. okay. And depending on the room, of the piano, of the... This all, you have a feeling for that when you warm up and you get a sense of yeah. what, what's a good way to start. And if I heard right, the first thing you did was uh, an improvisation, completely improvised, or? I had this idea to strum, mm -hmm. to do strumming and these harmonies, and, and I kind of begin one of a piece called Ricochet of mine, but I begin with that and after I did something else, I don't even mm -hmm. know. And you got to move from there yeah. pretty quickly. Ah, okay. And what, um, another question about the performance... What has led you to work with the um, preparations and more extended sounds, moving inside the piano? Where did that come from? I always did it. I think oh, okay. I did it when I was a kid because, uh, especially I remember on Wednesday afternoon when my dad, my parents were at home, I used to put <laughs> the radio on and open the piano and try to imitate all the sound I had on the radio. <laughs> oh, okay. How old were you when you did that? I don't know, seven, eight, and something okay. like that. Okay, okay. Wow. And on Wednesday afternoon, we didn't have school, and uh, my dad, he, he never wanted me to, he wouldn't have allow me to do that. And oh, okay. So that was my, my games. Okay, okay. When did you start playing the piano then? When I was six, seven. Oh, okay, so very early you were already like experimenting with the instrument yeah, yeah, without yeah. even thinking about it. That no, way, I didn't. It was a play. It was like a, you know, you play with doll, you play inside yeah. the piano, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I was telling my, you know. Okay. <laughs> and you uh, grew up in Switzerland, Switzerland, right? Yeah. And moved to New York in the late nineties. Yes, ninety-eight. Yeah. Ninety-eight. And w aside from starting piano around the age of six, what was your background in in uh, Switzerland? Were you doing performances and, and yes. things yes, I, there? Yeah, I did. Uh, I had my first band was a quintetto when I was... No, that's not true. I had a trio when I was uh, 18. Mm -hmm. And after I had a quintetto, I did Siena Jazz. It's, okay. It's, uh, it's a school in Italy for the summer. That was my jazz education. I, <laughs> I was spending one month there. And, and after I had that band with some two Italian guys and three Swiss guys, and that was a quintetto. Mm -hmm. I did my first CD then when I was okay. 22 or 23. Okay, and what motivated you to come to New York? That's I a met big Mark. Oh, okay. I met Mark in Baden-Baden in 95, I think, oh, okay. or 96 maybe. 19, okay. Yeah. okay, so that it was musical and otherwise. The yeah, emotion. exactly. Yeah, okay. No, I don't think I would have come to New York. Yeah, okay. I was ready to move out of Lausanne because I felt pretty alone musically there. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking of moving to Amsterdam. Oh, okay. Since the 90, late 90s and being in New York, I mean, obviously that's a pretty radical change 
to leave your country, come to a new place. New York has got its extreme characteristics. How was that adjustment initially? Was it pretty hard or pretty easy? Or I think I, I kept my band in Europe, so okay. I was still doing my, my gigs there. And, um, and, you know, I was with Mark, so it mm. was much easier because it's not like... Kind of a liaison. Yeah, I remember, I think the first time I arrived, Mark was recording in a studio and I arrived with my suitcase. And it, he was recording, uh, I had the address of the studio and he was, uh, he was recording an album with Zorn. Mm-hmm. So I arrived with my suitcase, and hey, and you know, <laughs> so I met already everybody, you know, like Ciro, uh, Joey Baron, I forget who else. But yeah, they, yeah right, and the first were, day. Okay. And they were all super nice and super sweet. And oh, that's fantastic. So I was really lucky with that. Yeah, that's, that's a great entry, yeah. man. Wow. kind of fascination with composition and its relationship to improvising with people who improvise. Going through some of your work, there seems to be lots of different kinds of influences and the groups that you work with seem very distinct in terms of your compositional approach to the, the groups. Like the trio, uh, let's say maybe it's more like more leaning towards a contemporary jazz quality, let's say, to generalize the trio. The, the trio, the jazz, the, with the bass yeah. and drum, with yeah. Kenny and Joe? Yeah, but then, uh, but then the groups with Mark have like new music influences, and then you've okay. got that project um, that you did with uh, flamenco uh, music as well, and they're all broad, you know, very different mm-hmm. and, and, and distinct. How do you approach these different projects? How do you think about the improvising in relation to the comp- composing in the different projects? For me, they're all the same. Except, uh, yeah, they're all the same. <laughs> I mean, in terms of... <laughs> because I, when I play with the flamenco guys, I play the same thing as I play in solo, more or less, but except I do the, more the time with them, with the, mm-hmm. the buleria. Mm-hmm. And I look at the dancer all the time to be with his feet. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. But I still do my own music. Yeah, it's definitely your music. There's yeah. no question about that. Um, and with, with Mark, it's, yeah, it's, 
Maybe the with the trio, I deal much. I'm dealing much more with time because mm-hmm. of bass and drum, and I can sit on on their groove, and I love this feeling. And, mm-hmm. and when you come at, let's say, the writing for the trio, are you thinking or getting inspiration from other kinds of resources? That totally, are more, totally. Yeah. There is a lot of influences from all the piano trios. I mean, okay, what are some of the ones that stick out for you? That's like being essential. I mean. Uh, Amal Jamal, mm-hmm. I love it, and uh, Keith Jarrett, all these guys. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. there's so many great, great pianists. It's yeah, like that's, Cecil that's Taylor, amazing history. I mean, How do you deal yeah. with the history? Do you, is it like a weight on your back? Or yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I used to, I never, I was always, when I was 18, I had my first trio because I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And I never, I was always afraid to do a piano trio. After no, that, after, after you had that, this, this yeah. one. But now I decided maybe it's time I do it. Yeah. So yeah. I did it uh, two years ago. So, you know, yeah. And how does it feel like to dig into that? It's great. I love it. I love it. And I think now, because also I develop my own language now, mm-hmm. I, I can dare to mm-hmm. to, to, to make a, in French you say clin d'oeil, like a little coat of Amal Jamal or whoever. Mm-hmm. Because I know I, st- I still have my... Uh, my fingerprint or my, my right. You've got your, your yeah, stuff my identity. now. You so, can, I, so I can more borrow stuff from all these pianists and, mm-hmm. and, and put them through yeah, a filter that's exactly. yours. Yeah. Okay. And I think younger, I wouldn't dare to do that. You feel like maybe at this point you're able to process the influences and not just and their inspirations as opposed to something that like would alter your playing. No, I think uh, now uh, there's this program called Transcribe. I don't mm. know if you know. No. It's a computer program. It <laughs> slows uh, the music down so you can transcribe oh. music. And it's fantastic and mm. to do that. And I like to transcribe solos of things that I, I love to do now, that, but before I wouldn't do. Ah, okay. Also because I have my own sound on the piano now, so I'm not afraid of sounding like someone else. Right, because it's going to sound like you in the yeah, end exactly. anyway. Yeah, okay. Having done so much work now, uh, living in the States, uh, New York, for more than 15 years and, and going back to Europe to tour a lot, do you see any strong aesthetic differences between the music happening in different places in Europe and what's happening in, in the States, particularly in New York? It's more and more blending, but I still notice something in New York. 
I'm sure in Chicago too, but I don't know the scene enough. Mm-hmm. Go, things goes really fast in New York. Mm-hmm. And people get older faster in New York. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also get... I don't know, when I see kids who are like 30 years old who are in New Yorker, are much more mature than a guy in Europe who is 30 years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And have much more background of the feeling. Mm-hmm. And how does that play out into music, do you feel, or does it? I think it plays out in music. Like, I think they can switch from, from one idea or have more... They know more about music. They have more, more resources. More resources, or they can... Yeah, you can talk about Albenberg or you can talk about Agile things. They will have more experiences of a lot of different things that sometimes in Europe I have the feeling they are really good in one stuff, but they are really oh, less. Oh, I see. Okay, they focus more deeply yeah. on a particular yeah. field of music exactly. or whatnot. Oh, okay. Do you do most of your work overseas still? Or is it is there kind of a balance between... Concerts in the United States or in other other countries, you know, other parts of South America. It's New York. I mean, I'm not really trying to find gigs Mm -hmm. because also I think it's hard to find, you know, decent gig outside of. Yeah, that they're going to pay anything. Yeah. I did some festival when I was playing with Yusuf Latif as assignment, but as Mm -hmm. a leader, I. Yeah, it's not. It's not practical. Yeah, and plus, as a piano player, it's hard to find decent pianos. So yeah. I think in Europe it's much more this tradition, like every little place have a decent piano. Mm-hmm. But in in America it's not. Uh, you, yeah, we don't yeah. have. You don't. We have don't have that no. tradition. <laughs> that's, that's one that we didn't. We didn't bring overseas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how much time do you spend on the road? I mean, you just came back from too a, much time. Too much time. Yeah. <laughs> but is that how you make most? Uh, not to. If it's, it's two how I make money. That you make money by exactly. concerts, you know, not by teaching, not no, by recording. No, it's 100% it, it, by concerts. It's by concerts. And how, how much time would you... Like, I know you just did a tour with Mark that was about three weeks. Yes. And before that, were you also yeah, overseas? Yeah, before we were in South America, also uh-huh. with Mark and with Zorn. And I'm coming home after that for like five days and I'm going back to Europe for like six days. Okay, so it's a, it's a lot yeah, of travel it's a over lot. Year. In January, I'm gone three weeks. In February, I'm home. And, you know, it's... A, yeah, it's, it's full on. It's a lot. Yeah. Like, I, I love to play. I mean, the touring part, the traveling part is a drag and it's actually getting harder and, and more totally. tedious. For me, it's the same. I love... Yeah. As soon as I'm behind the piano, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Like, what I've been noticing in, in Europe that it's really adopting more and more kind of an American economic model, which means less money is going to the arts. And the touring becomes harder because the concerts that have fees that pay well enough are scattered further and further apart. So you have to actually travel further and therefore make less money for these concerts because yeah. the travel costs go up. So you're more tired totally. when you get there. And totally. in the end, it's harder to, to keep the thing yeah. working economically. You're, you're seeing a similar kind of situation. Totally, totally. Yeah. Do you have any strategy? Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what to do about it. But I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really challenging. I mean, because when you get to the concerts, I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm sure that you feel this way just based on how you played tonight, it's, uh, you want to play, and, and the audience that comes to hear you in a way... Uh, 
I wouldn't say that, okay, there's this obligation, but there is a sense of like, okay, we're here for this concert, you know, and no matter how tired you might be or how screwed up yeah, the travel was, you know, there's this kind of... But I think that's part of becoming a good musician is to mm. be able to, in whatever state you are, you to deliver really, on that. To deliver, even if you slept two hours, even if you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you uh, didn't eat and if you didn't, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you take that extremely seriously. Yeah. Yeah, when you're because people came to see you and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just wonder how it's going to work out because, you know, I do, I do probably two tours in the states each year, for let's say ten. Let's say at, at the most four weeks tops in the That's states. That's already a lot. Yeah, but, and it's very difficult because it's all, it needs to be very small groups and the the overhead has to be as small as possible. It's it's kind of inhuman on some levels. And then, but then the European situation gets very complicated now too with the travel and whatnot. I mean, and so like you, my way of surviving is playing the concerts, which which means touring. But do you see a way of like kind of getting more of a balance where because um, in general, like I'll go out for a really long time to save money on the transatlantic flight, so I'm not coming back and forth because it gets too expensive and it's quite tiring. So I'll go out for a month, yeah, or a but month it, and a half. after you spend money on your day off. Yeah, but that's like trying not to have any day off. <laughs> yeah, it's like trying to trying to go. Yeah. So you're so you're you're for you it's it's cost efficient to go back and forth yes okay so you come back home and, yeah. and, then, and then and when you're back in new york you're doing concerts i see you're playing all the time in new yeah. york um do you have any kind of routine or schedule in new york that you maintain when you come back to keep your performance level up obviously you practice and whatnot but i mean how do you do you see New York as a base to develop materials to totally. work with your trio, and then you totally. bring it out? Totally, Something it's where like I that. write, it's where I practice. I know I have five days when I come home. I need to practice these pieces, mm-hmm. and I know exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I try to make myself a schedule, you know. Okay, and you're always, and that's got to be shifting all the time because your schedule is complicated. Like you're coming. Yeah, back but with... I know my schedule of in December, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I know which piece I have to practice. Mm-hmm. So you're already geared up for all that, and then and then yes. you you come back. And in my here. calendar, it's written. Okay, on Tuesday I'm home, and I say okay, I want to practice these three pieces. And so you're extremely organized. <laughs> I try. No, I'm not. No, I, I write all these programs, but that's why I don't do it. <laughs> no, but I try. If I write like you know a lot of program, maybe even if I do fifty percent. Mm-hmm. It's already moment. a lot. It's already a lot. Yes, and then it adds up too yeah. if you're if you're hammering at it each day. I got but one. If one. I don't write a program, I do nothing. Ah, okay. All right. So you got to have that on the calendar. I need. I yeah. need. I need. I need schedule. I need to be like a little secretary, and I say, okay, I need to do that today. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah. If I write nothing, I just then you, hang you don't with do my nothing. girlfriend, <laughs> go to the spa, and I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, but that's good too. You got to have that too. in there too. Yeah. Yeah.
I had one last question, and then we'll see if anybody in the audience would like to ask you something. Um, I have an ongoing conversation with a number of musicians and friends who are interested in the music. Um, and a curiosity is to, and it's changing more and more, which is fantastic. But in terms of percentages, the number of women working in improvised music as opposed to other fields of music uh, tends to be a lot lower. It's starting to shift now. Do you have any thoughts about why that is? Because I've talked to lots of different people and they're, so far I haven't heard a, a really solid answer that makes sense to me. I think for me it's more like the motherhood. Mm. If you have kids, you, can, you cannot tour the way we do. Mm -hmm. You cannot mm -hmm. practice the way we do. Mm -hmm. Of the fact, I think if you have a family, I mean, if I had kids, mm -hmm. I would stop touring. Yeah, right, right. And do you feel that that's uh, because, of course, depending on, okay, you and Mark worked both as musicians, but depending, like, in another relationship, let's say, where a woman was with someone who had, like, a more nine to five type job, even in those situations, do you think that the pressure internally or externally? for women would be to stay home more with the children? I think if you notice, all the musicians, improvisers I know are 90% of the time are with other musicians. Mm, because mm. I think I think to accept the life, the type of life we are doing, I think you have to be another artist, another musician. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think a guy who has a job yeah. from 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. would have problem to have a wife who is touring six months a year and... Mm -hmm. So the mutual understanding I of being in the similar in, artistic yeah, path, even if it is a photographer or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I right. realize all my my friends who are musicians, girl. I mean, they are always with musicians, or mm -hmm. with other artists, photographer or mm -hmm. movie. Someone movie has some director. kind of empathy yeah, exactly. for the, the lifestyle, and you feel that because uh, their lifestyles in, in those kinds of relationships are unconventional just because of the nature of getting work and exactly. the ebb and flow of these yeah. things. Um, that more often than not, if a couple has children, it's harder, it's hard, it's much harder for their job. I mean, yeah, but what about other kinds of music? Because there's definitely, like, let's say in, in pop music or rock music, there's, I would say, in my observation more percentage-wise more women in pop involved. music they don't have to practice <laughs> sorry <laughs> but, no, but, but let's say they're touring you they're know. touring but they have m maybe more bread and they they bring a nanny with them and they mm -hmm. so like high-level performers can kind of bring so. their home life on the road exactly. whereas that's not a possibility for can where imagine we are. having two airplanes with a with a little baby and no no no, no. <laughs> and I'm, I'm quite good with that. <laughs> okay, um, well, I'll leave it there. Is there any questions for Sylvie while she's visiting? Yeah. What uh, attracted you to jazz and improvisation in the first place when you were seven and eight and just started? I think uh, what my, my dad is an amateur jazz pianist, and every night when he was coming back from work, he was playing the piano, and I think he was the most happy when he was playing the piano. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, oh, that's pretty cool. You can be so happy when you play the piano. So, And my bedroom was next to the piano room. So every night I, when he was, I couldn't tell exactly where he was doing his scales and which note he's going to stumble. <laughs> and, and I loved it. Mm -hmm.